Cut down day has come and gone in the NFL. There's been a number of trades and some very big non-trades as well. The biggest moves, most surprising moves as teams finalize their 2023 rosters. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Shout out to all the everydayers. Subscribe up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts and those questions in for tomorrow's mailbag episode i'm sure some thoughts about the league are bouncing around everyone's brains there as uh, as the rosters are finalized here at bd peacock at williamson nfl on twitter for those questions or drop it in the youtube comments today's episode of pnw is brought to you by linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Okay, we got to start with the Jonathan Taylor saga, which seems like it has come to an end now. There was the, I don't know why the deadline was cut down day, if it was because yeah. of, um, it, it could, can you, once you go on, cause, so Jonathan Taylor's been placed on the pup list with an injury uh, by the Indianapolis Colts. And he's been on pup throughout the, uh, throughout the uh, training camp and preseason. So now he goes on the pup list, which means he can't play for the first four weeks. Then you can open a practice window and start playing. Can you not trade a player that's on the pup list because he can't pass a physical properly? Is that maybe why there's mechanics of him not even potentially being traded at this point? And then there's questions with the Colts now with Jonathan Taylor. Once he's, available to come back off the pup list. Is he going to play anyway? Is he going to do the thing where he holds out until, you know, week eight so he can accrue his season? Uh, he's not going to hold out all year long because all it does is he doesn't accrue a year and he would just be under contract again instead of being a free agent. And you wouldn't even have to go through the franchise tag dance. So um, does this truly end all possibilities of a trade of Jonathan Taylor? And do you think that the Dolphins should have ponied up more to go get him. They cleared some salary cap space. It looked like it could have been something that was figured out. And clearly, the uh, Colts put it out there. They wanted a first-rounder or first-round value, and no team was willing to meet that. So we don't have these answers, but I have a lot of thoughts and speculation. The one answer we now have is it doesn't matter what team it is, Jonathan Taylor will not play NFL football for the first four weeks of the season, no matter what. I mean, if he gets traded, that team doesn't get to take him off the pup list magically. He is a pup player for four, four games. Now, the <laughs> I don't understand why they arbitrarily made that deadline. I mean, deadlines usually get stuff done. So if you get a deadline in there, but it, it doesn't seem like it was a, a hard out as us radio people like to say, like, if you don't get it done, why can't we have a talk? Why can't Miami call him tomorrow? You, right. you know and what I mean? I think it could still get done, but now the, and part of it is maybe the Dolphins had to go through the agent to also strike a deal and they couldn't figure that part out of it either. So there's, you know, it's not like he's going to, 
if he's holding mm-hmm. out and wants a new deal, it's not like he's going to go play for another team without a new deal either. So there's, you know, it, it gets very difficult to, to make a deal like this happen because you have to satisfy everybody if you're a Dolphins or if you're the Dolphins or any other team that's trying to make this deal happen. Um, but now, if so, let's say he was traded, maybe he's not injured enough to be out for four weeks and he could have played right away for you or maybe he's kind of inactive for a week and then he starts playing a week two or week three you know so you miss a month of the season well now your value is lower and so now you're really not going to get what you're looking for so it just makes it that much more difficult because you kind of i'm sure the asking price would still be the same after four weeks for the colts as it was before cutdown day so you also mentioned passing a physical earlier and you talked about the injury and is I don't know real? this. I say, does he even hurt at all? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't, maybe, I mean, my, my big toes bugging me. I'm going to, you know, like my, I have a hangnail. I, I don't think there's any issue like passing a physical or anything. I mean, I'm totally guessing. I don't know, but it's I don't think he's hurt at all. It certainly felt like it was a hold in situation where yeah. the injury was not really something that would have kept him out, but we don't know that for sure. But one thing that could work to the Colts favor over this four week stretch, he's not going to be a Colt or he's not going to be a Colt player for four weeks at least. Running backs are going to get hurt in the next couple of weeks. You know, so might a team that loses a back uh, any of these upcoming weeks now be more eager to pony up, you know, especially if it's a good team and a good back. So maybe that works to their favor, you know, where this time of year is like the healthiest rosters are. It's not the best time to hold someone over the coals to – Get, you know, get the most for your your, your guy. So it kind of buys you another month. And frankly, at that position, I bet GMs aren't losing their mind that we won't have them for the first month of the year. You'd much rather have them for the last month of the year than the first yes. month of the year, you know? Yeah, yeah. December and January, much more important than September, especially mm-hmm. pertains to running backs. And and look, Jonathan Taylor's been the guy that never gets hurt. That was his whole MO, right? Right. Never gets practices. Hasn't missed a single practice or something like that um, in, in college in its entirety. And so then you think about, okay, well, trade deadline, this is obviously still going to be a conversation right? Unless a new contract is done by the Colts. So even though there was that deadline of cut down day, the Jonathan Taylor trade talks are not going to end. Um, I don't think so. Do other injuries happen? Do teams say, man, we really need that guy now. And, you know, like the 49ers last year at the trade deadline, pony up that first round value, because that's exactly what this trade could have been. And I'm guessing that's what the conversation was is like, okay, we need another fifth. We need a fourth next year or something thrown into this because the 49ers trade for McCaffrey, if you don't remember, was a second third fourth in this year's draft and then i think a fifth in next year's mm. draft or yeah in the upcoming draft that was the trade so it was four picks worth and you put them all together and you add up your chart and it was about a first round value so um we could still see that happen and i'm sure they're not going to get a first rounder for him and the question is is he valuable or is he not valuable because if he's not valuable enough to sign then how's he valuable enough for a team to pony up the picks for and then also sign right and so are there any teams out there that value it so much more than maybe the colts or other teams do i can't remember off the top of my head a running back and i'm not going to include mccaffrey because he's an outlier and his contract is way higher than any other back but teams trading for a back and extending him i mean paying two things for this guy you know like seattle did for jamal adams or khalil Mack trade you know it usually doesn't work out great in any capacity, 
But with a running back, it seems like a double whammy, bad idea. Um, yeah, and, and so for know? the 49ers too, so this would be way more expensive because the the, the Panthers already paid his signing bonus. So right, all he had was right, the right. yearly salary left, the base salary for Christian McCaffrey as the 49ers, and there was no guarantees left. So they could have cut him this offseason. If they, they inherited the contract. Right. But then they ended, up, they ended up um, restructuring, so now they do have more guarantees, you know, and they kind of pushed some down the road to lower his cap number this year. But that gave them the flexibility because they didn't have to pay his full contract. They didn't have to pay his, you know, signing bonus and didn't weren't on the hook for guarantees and, and those types of things. So uh, even that is, you know, and Taylor's younger than McCaffrey was, but not by a lot. Um, if, is that even a, a difference in, in value there for those two players if you're com- comparing them. But of course the Colts should be asking for what, you know, the Niners gave up for Christian McCaffrey because they have one of the better running backs in the NFL and they should be yeah. asking for that. The question is, will they get it? And is it worth it for a team to not only give up the first round value in trade or the number of picks it's going to take, but also pay him that contract. So three little nuggets to wrap this thing up for me is I mentioned, you know, a running back could get hurt. That certainly could happen. Or, a coach slash front office on the hot seat whose whole goal this offseason was to improve their running game goes two, three games with crappy run game and goes, we're going to get fired. I'm giving up a future pick and bringing a guy that can carry the football for us. And then my last thing to throw out to you, true or false, Jonathan Taylor has played his last game in a Colt uniform. And Ryan, and I talked about this on Locked on Dynasty. Are there any Colt running backs you care about now? <laughs> that's, that's a big one. The yeah, I feel like he has played his last snap. Me with too. The Colts. And the other part of this is big stock up for Evan Hull, the rookie yep. running back. Uh, nice day. receiving back as well, and had a nice preseason, nice camp. And rookies can jump right in, and we've seen it. Late round rookies, undrafted rookies. Like, that's a position where you can jump in and play early. And if he does play well early, then that's the Colts probably saying, "See, Jonathan," because that's the other mm-hmm. side of this is like if the Colts end up okay at running back, because the, the 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 names don't jump out at you. Um, they even cut Kenyon Drake too, I think. Right? So pretty sure. Yeah. yeah, they're not. It doesn't seem like they're worried about it. And you have this young quarterback. You better make sure whatever that running back is can pass protect. So we'll but, see if there's another move that the. Uh, the Colts make, but it doesn't sound like this is over at all. And Zach Moss has a broken hand, wrist right. or something too, right? And he's not great to begin with. <laughs> uh, the Patriots have only one quarterback, Matt. That's got to change. And Colt McCoy, I think one of the most surprising cuts amongst all of the NFL cuts. And we'll get into those and in some kicker situations that are just weird around the league next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. Whether you are hiring and firing football players for an NFL franchise or, uh, you know, your small business just needs one more employee, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's super easy. I'm on LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn. Go to where the most candidates already are for your job. And all you do is you add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Then use simple tools like screening questions that make it super easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That is why small businesses rate 
LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So some interesting quarterback happenings. The, the Trey Lance trade from San Francisco to Dallas. And then at cutdown day, we saw Colt McCoy cut by the Arizona Cardinals. And then I think the biggest shocker was the New England Patriots cutting not only Bailey Zappi, who people thought right. might be competing with Mac Jones for QB1 there this offseason, but also the rookie Malik Cunningham gets cut. So that leaves one and one only quarterback in Mac Jones in New England. <laughs> so I heard Nate Tice on the Athletics podcast say something along these lines a couple weeks ago that Belichick is just toying with the rest of us. He's playing Madden on the super hardest level on purpose because he's had such success. I'm just going to draft defensive players and see if I can win without offense. I'm going to see if I can do the most unorthodox things and still beat Madden. You know what I mean? I, and I right. obviously don't play Madden because I'm saying this wrong. But it sure feels – I mean, his GM moves feel like it's true. Like, how can I make this harder on myself? And keeping one quarterback is bonkers to me. But I do think anyone that listened to us during the whole Bailey Zappy explosion last year, I don't remember your opinion. I apologize. But I, I thought it was laughable. I, I thought he's a borderline NFL player, let alone starter. He can hardly throw the ball. I, I mean, like, I thought it said more good. about Mac Jones than it did about Bailey Zappi. The fact that you would bench Mac Agreed. Jones for this rookie, Bailey Zappi. And look, they drafted him, so they had to like Bailey Zappi at some point, and they were willing to mm-hmm. put him in a football game. Uh, and, you know, and he, he played and he played okay. It was a, it was like, okay, we found a he nice did. backup, but it was never, oh, they found this is the next Tom Brady, right? That, that was never the thought. But my thought was, oh, maybe, maybe Mac is truly on shaky ground with the Patriots and Bill Belichick if he would be sure. possibly willing to, to go to, to Bailey Zappi already. And apparently that is not the case now. And so everybody knows it. Maybe that's part of it is like, look, sending a message. And Malik Cunningham could come back on the practice squad for uh for the uh for the new england patriots and then you you bring in another veteran backup and then now you got your three quarterbacks but it is kind of strange and it, it was surprising because you see bailey zappy's getting cut and you're like oh big win for malik cunningham man they must really like that rookie this year like they like <laughs> the rookie last year. and nope he got cut too so i wonder if that's like a colt mccoy landing spot you know i, mean, I know we're gonna bring him up but that would make a lot of sense it's kind of Mac, you're the guy, but maybe we need a big brother for you. We saw your, I'll be kind, disconnect with the offensive staff last year. Let's make sure that doesn't happen. Let's get that Josh McCown guy, you know, that Mm -hmm. really is a coach, you know, we're paying as a quarterback. So maybe that would be best thing for the quarterback room, best thing for Mac. Um, But back to my other point, and I'm not going to harp on it, but there was those couple games where, what, Gillette Stadium? Is just screaming for Zappy last year, like Zappy hour. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought that was laughable. It was fun. Uh, how fleeting are moments in the NFL? By the way, the league comes at sure. you quick, man. It does. So Zappy will end up somewhere, I'm sure. Um, I actually kind of like the idea of Colt McCoy, and that ties into the next one of Colt McCoy maybe ending up as the backup. Brian Hoyer is out there somewhere, right? He's still kicking around. Maybe he ends up with his oh, what? He's destined to be there. In New England, right? Uh, so we'll see what happens with the New England Patriots. They're going to bring in a quarterback. Maybe it's a trade. 
Um, who knows? Maybe they could do something crazy. They bring in someone to start ahead of Mac Jones. I don't know. I, there's no telling what um, what Bill Belichick does at this point because his his G his GMing versus his coaching are so starkly different. Especially oh, recently, he's been one of the worst and weirdest GMs in the NFL for half a decade now, without question. So people probably know this, but Teddy Bridgewater recently signed with the Lions. But there's guys like Carson Wentz unemployed. You know, like, is he perfect? Far from it. But, I mean, he's going to play for somebody this year, right? Got to. I would think. What if, man, what if the Patriots would have traded for Mac Jones and had two of those first-rounders from the 2021 class on that roster? Zach Wilson's available if someone wants him, I think. Uh, but he has no value. All right. So what about, uh, what are the Cardinals doing uh, to be? So here's what Let's makes sense. Talk about this. I don't get why you wouldn't want a veteran player in that situation, unless Colt McCoy is the one that wanted to ask out of there. And he was said, let me go somewhere else. That's got a chance to compete for something, but there's not a lot, like a lot of potential starting jobs either. So I don't know why Colt McCoy wouldn't want to be there. I don't know what about Colt McCoy, the Arizona Cardinals didn't like, but once they made the trade for Joshua Dobbs, it was pretty clear that something was up there. And maybe Joshua Dobbs is the starter, but to me, I think it's the perfect scenario to start the rookie Clayton Tune and do the tank, man. Do the tank right. Develop yourself a future backup quarterback, and who cares about wins right now? That's the mm-hmm. only way to play it, in my opinion, for the Arizona Cardinals. But uh sure seems like at least to start, it's going to be Joshua Dobbs there. So by no means am I saying Colt McCoy is a bad guy, a bad influence. By no indication is that true. But I feel like the Cardinals are, you know, like when you move and you turn to your wife and be like, do we need this or not? I think yeah. they're breaking every tie with throw it the heck out. You it's know, old like furniture. it's like this furniture is too heavy to move. Let's just sell it, burn it, right? Yeah, <laughs> you put it on. Yeah, you, you you list it and you're like, we, we don't even want money for it. It's so heavy. If you have a truck and you could take it away, you can have it. I'm so sick of looking at it. We've never won a game with this furniture. Yeah. You know, uh, you know the paint's ugly. I just think that they're getting rid of everybody. You know, because frankly, I think the culture there has been terrible, and, and the new people in charge. Just say, we saw what you guys can do. We want all new people. So get out. That's interesting. Maybe maybe Colt McCoy was the veteran. Uh, he's sort of the coach on the field. Maybe he had too much power. Maybe mm-hmm. it was like, right. we, Good or bad. we have to implement our own thing, and he's kind of too big for what we have here. That We, we need to go in a different direction. Maybe that's and, it. And I think you know Kyler looked up to Colt a great deal, too. He grew up in Texas where Colt was a Longhorn legend and – I know this isn't true, but I just picture like Kyler laying on his bed with a Colt McCoy poster on his room. You know, so maybe it's just like we want every sniff of what used to happen here gone. You know, Buda Baker, you can hang. If Larry Fitzgerald or JJ Watt were still around, you guys could hang. But everybody else got to go. This stinks. You know, burn it all. Were there any other cuts that stood out to you? Um, there's been. A number of minor trades, one trade. A lot actually, of tweaking. Yeah, a lot, a lot of tweaks, a lot of late round stuff. Uh, actually, hold on. You know what? Next, Matt, okay. I, I want to talk about one trade that might actually be, it's such a minor trade, but it might be a lot more significant than it looks like on paper because of what else is going on with some holdouts in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor, not the only disgruntled player, maybe not disgruntled, but at least 
uh, angling for a better deal than what they have offered right now. Let's get into that one next. Thank you once again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you are subscribed up, being every day or on YouTube or everywhere you get your podcasts. Kansas City Chiefs, Matt, have traded for a defensive tackle. And it's not a name that blows you away as far as, oh my gosh, something big is happening with the Kansas City Chiefs. But it might be a sign that they need bodies because they're preparing for Chris Jones to not be on the field when the when the season kicks off this year. Yeah, I, I did have one. I'm going to get that in a second. But I did find it a little interesting. This is a, a tiny blurb that the Raiders cut Alex Bars because he's basically a starting guard for them. I mean, so that's how bad their situation is. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, let's talk Chris Jones because here's my take on it. And I don't really fault him for this, but... We mentioned McCaffrey earlier. I think there's three outlier contracts in the league right now that McCaffrey is paid way more than Barkley, what Taylor will get, Josh Jacobs. And I think everyone's cool with that because he's a weapon. He's not a running back. Okay. Deshaun Watson has an outlier contract that only one team would have paid. You know, like if Lamar, Burrow, Herbert go to their respective owner and say, I want the Watson deal. Sorry. We're not playing that game. Only one team's playing that game. We can talk anything else you want. And I also think the Aaron Donald contract is a massive outlier too. I mean, this kind of affects Bosa, but it affects Jones more because they're apples to apples in terms of position. I think he's making like five or six million more than any defensive player. And it's, I'm not saying it's a lifetime achievement award, but he's the best defensive player we've ever seen, basically. You know, like, hey, Chris, when you get to that status, we'll talk about making you an outlier contract. But to Jones's credit, if I'm him, if I'm his camp, I go to the Chiefs and say, I may have outplayed that guy last year, Donald, or I'm at least to his level, and I'm the only D-tackle that can say that in the league right now. And without me, you're not winning Super Bowls. And... He's not wrong. You know, I mean, I see his side of things, but outlier contracts are really hard to negotiate with. And Donald's definitely is one. And that, but this brings me to one other thing. I mean, no one's going to fight me that the three most important chiefs are Jones and Mahomes and Kelsey, right? I mean, obviously, especially with Tyreek gone. But the other two, the dudes on offense, are making way less than market value right now, almost in a Brady like manner. Like when Mahomes signed his deal, wow, we were blown away. But it, he could easily go back to them if he wanted to play hardball and say, I'm way underpaid. And he'd be right. Yeah. And Kelsey should be an outlier contract for tight ends and isn't. I mean, he should be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. And he isn't because <laughs> yeah. they're being good teammates. Right. Or, and also you know. the tight end market's just kind of screwy. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. But he could easily say, I want. I want to be the fourth outlier contract because I'm the Aaron Donald of tight ends, but he isn't and he hasn't. Mm-hmm. So and instead then, they win a lot of games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then if you are that team and this is what Belichick did for years, it's like, okay, right. We let people walk. It's what we do. And we keep mm-hmm. bringing in new stuff because we've got the head coach quarterback combination. And that's the thing we need most more than anything. And so we'll see if it ends up getting that way. And that Donald contract, I have a feeling, is a huge sticking point for both the, the defensive line holdouts that are happening right now in the NFL with Chris Jones and Nick Bosa. 
And both of those players' agents should look because this is one of the things that's been happening in the NFL. And it's almost been frivolous to a point where it's like, oh, who's up next? Okay, you get the most ever at your position. Who's up next? Whether or not you're the best, whatever, whoever's up next gets the most. And it's just, it was like, well, wait a second. Does, does this guy really deserve the most compared to what this other guy gets, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, the Donald contract's not that old. And I think it's been one of the, the, such the outlier contract that now that Bosa, who's defensive player of the year, and Chris Jones, uh, who's one of the best tackles in the league, they're like, okay, this is how it goes, right? Who's got the top? This is the highest paid defensive lineman. We're going to go over the top of that contract. And just the difference is so huge. I think Quinn and Williams now, who just signed bring up, right. 24 mil a year, Donald is nearly 32 mil a year. That's $8 million. So huge outlier. That's yeah. a gap that you can't close if the team says, cool, we'll go 25 million. We, we'll give you a little more than Quinn. And he says, no, I want a little more than Donald. And they say, mm, nope. And so that's, that's a big gap to close. And I'm sure it's a, we've seen the Boses play hardball before in the past. And, um, and Nick is probably looking at this like, well, I want the Donald money, and the 49ers are saying, no, we'll give you the, the TJ Watt money plus a little bit more, and you could see how, and the teams aren't wrong for digging in, and the players aren't no, wrong I get both asking, sides. but at some point, you got to figure it out and and get a deal done, and it, the, more, the further along we go, the more it seems like these might actually get into the season, and that these players would be willing to give up their game checks early in the year to get that bigger guarantee that more per year long-term. This isn't the case for Bosa, as you well know, but I'm almost certain Chris Jones is paying 50 grand a day to do this for many days now. You know, like his situation is not the same. He's not on a rookie deal. They gave him a big contract recently. He's just up after the season. So I think, I think we've talked about this recently. Like, I think if you grabbed Andy Reid and Chiefs ownership and said, what's the most important things we need for this roster? He's going to say Mahomes, of course. Number two, protecting Mahomes. Okay. Number three, give him one stud receiver and we'll fill in the blanks with the other skill guys. Four, a pass rush, because we're going to win a lot and you know we need to rush the passer, much like the Colts did with Peyton Manning. They're going to pay Freeney. They're going to pay Mathis. But the linebackers, who cares? They can come and go. So what if they trade Jones, though? You know, I mean, like, could you... Could he actually be mo- go somewhere? I mean, if he's really playing hardball, I think he's more likely to get traded than Bosa. And and one of the things that does facilitate these trades is the teams that need a thing and don't have it, it it's more valuable to those teams. It's like the have and have nots thing. And when you have it, you're like, ah, we could probably get this other thing. Is that better? And you're looking at the numbers and you're crunching the numbers. What can we do with this draft pick? Who else could we sign that we're going to have to cut eventually, but we could re-up these other guys instead. So now we're getting a draft pick and now we're going to be able to sign this player and this player. So we're getting three or four players for one if we trade them. And then the team that needs a star player that doesn't have them was like, oh my God, I'll give up anything because I need this thing that I don't have. And and when those two things collide, I, I tend to think that, both of these holdouts, if they do go into the season, the players will show up eventually and they'll play the second half of the year. And then that will make it more likely that they're traded in the coming off season. But I'd be shocked if either one is traded right now because of where those teams are from a competitive standpoint. Agreed. And uh, and they, they want to win now. And again, like the Jonathan Taylor thing, rather have you in December and January than September anyway. But you got to win those games in September or else you might not be playing in January. Right. I, I don't think either one of those guys gets traded. They're way too important to contending teams. 
But if I were the GM of the Bears with all that cap space and my D-line issues and two first-round picks, I think I'd give them a call. I have no doubt that calls have been made on those okay. guys. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think anything will happen now. If it gets ugly, though, I think that could be the catalyst to future trades happening, but most likely in the 2024 offseason. Makes sense. Makes sense. I'm, I'm in on that. Some other cuts around the NFL. Uh, a lot of linebackers getting cut. Uh, some some real some names that uh, that are familiar to folks out there, like um, Jalen Smith. I didn't even realize he was still in the league. The mm. New Orleans Saints cut the former Packer. Uh, Deion Jones was cut by the Carolina Panthers, and Christian Kirksey, in a in a cap cutting move, was cut by the Houston Texans in their new defense. Okay, yeah, Bradley Roby was another name I saw. You know, the, I know he's not a linebacker. Right. Um, I don't have much to say about that. I mean, there wasn't huge cuts around the league. There are some more small. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll give you a couple more that I found interesting. James Robinson, he was the undrafted guy for the Jaguars, came out of nowhere, and he was great. And all of a sudden, like how quickly. Like three teams later. He was traded to the Jets last year, right? And then now he ends up with the Giants and still gets cut. So um, that, that was an odd career. And he never, speaking of, I mean, James Robinson's the guy that get, gets hurt. He wasn't a, a bonus baby or anything, you know. He 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 made as little as you can and right. never got the a chance to re-up and get a, a big contract. He did get a uh so this he was already on this fifth team, by the way. So he did get a four million dollar contract per year with the Patriots, but was released uh with an injury designation last year, too. So okay. So Unfortunately, great. some of those guys now you look at and say, we may never hear from him again. Right. Yeah, here's a lot another one. How about this former first rounder Alex Leatherwood was cut last year by the Raiders. Uh, he was put on waivers because he's on a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Chicago Bears claimed him off of waivers, and then Chicago Bears now cut him this offseason. Like we might see him in the XFL now. You know, like yeah, it's just yeah, I think he's one of those. I think he's just a, a bust. I mean, sorry. Uh, last note here with with some of the cuts is the weird kicker stuff happening around the NFL. Michael Badgley was cut by the Tennessee Titans. The Titans then sent a Future seventh round pick, I think, is a 2025 seventh to the Patriots for Nick Folk. Uh, the the Patriots drafted Chad Ryland in the fourth round, so he is their their kicker now. And then there's still a number of teams that are trying to figure out what's going on a kicker. The Rams, the Lions, according to Diana Rossini, uh, were calling around about kickers. The 49ers drafted a third round kicker. He's hurt. They also had Zane Gonzalez. He was hurt and put on IR, so they need someone who might be healthy to kick Week One. Uh, the Broncos. We're, we're looking for a kicker as well. So um, just strange happenings around the NFL at kicker. Then you got guys like Robbie Gold and Mason Crosby. You're still sitting at home. It's like, how are those guys not signed yet? Yeah. <laughs> Two notes. One of them's embarrassing is my son will bring up a kicker. You know, this guy got traded. And I'm like, what team is he on? And he'll be like, dad, you do this for a living. You have to know what kickers belong where. And I'm like, yeah. ah, son, when you get to be in your forties, especially your fifties, Kickers and punters aren't at the top of my priority list. So I ask him for those things. Especially with how much you have to follow around the league. You're not sticking around. Like when a team goes to punt, that's when you go get something to drink. You're locked in all day long and and, you're changing the channel of the other game. But here's a related note, though. I do believe that there is a kicker, not a punter, shortage in the league a little bit. Kicking's way better than ever. But I think by today's standards, not the 80s standards when 80% was great or whatever, but by today's standards, there's about 25 kickers on the planet. 
And I know those guys. I don't know the other seven. You know what I mean? I kind of know those guys. Don't tell me. And, and, and kicking far is not the problem the league's having with finding kickers. No, 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 no. Yeah. A lot of guys can kick the ball far. It's who can line up and be nails every time in a full stadium. Yeah. But I, my point was, if you're one of those seven to ten teams that doesn't have a bona fide starting kicker, it's hell. I mean, it's a brutal... You bring these guys in for two weeks, they miss two kicks, cut them. He stinks. You know, like, it's this revolving right. and, door. And drafting them is not how you find them either. No. You know how you find a kicker? He's on his second team and he's in his 30s. That's how you find a great yeah. kicker. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God. It's the reverse running back, right? There go, you, yeah. go. This is what you do. You want to find the next good kicker in the NFL? Go to drafthistory.com. Look for... uh a class of running guys. backs yeah. from like eight years ago and like find a, a class start to find a class where you don't recognize the running backs and they're not in the league anymore. Then go look at the kickers from that year's draft. And those Call are the kickers are going to start getting good right now. Cause they're mature. They're mature. They've got kids. They've and, been through stuff. They've been through failures and yeah. it's not too big for them anymore. And then you have a private investigator, make sure that they've seen a shrink and they're not nuts in the head. And, <laughs> and then they're perfect. Sign them up. Yeah, that's your guy for the next five years, you know? There you go. Um, <laughs> all right. That is cut down day. Uh, still a ton to be determined around the uh, in the NFL. And of course, we know we call it the final roster, but these are not the final rosters. These are living documents around the league that will continue to change. And who knows? There might be some other big moves on the horizon that People we feel the squads as we speak, by the way. Yep. So yep. that's not that exciting. happening and yeah. um, and practice squads being filled out and. Of course, Matt and I will have it all covered for you here. If you have any questions on cut down day, the 2023 season, anything NFL or even non-NFL related, hit us up for this week's mailbag at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter or in the YouTube comments. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.